welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. I am Brian Peacock along with Matt Williamson. A little bit of a fantasy spin on today's episode. Matt, you recently dropped an article at Pro Football Network, Sleeper Running Backs. And I believe you have some questions for me as it regards to fantasy football. So that should be fun. Maybe get back and forth a little Q&A between the two of us. There is some injury news as tends to happen as pads going on in the NFL, some other news around the league. But Matt, I do not want to bury the lead here because the biggest news of all is that the Locked On NFL podcast will no longer feature you and I. But, right. but even bigger news. Tell everyone how it's going to work. There is right. a new podcast that will feature you and I and Locked On NFL isn't going anywhere, by the way. So stay Subscribed to this show as of September 7th, just in time for the new season. There is a brand new podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and it is the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Matt, I guess our names ring out. Our fearless leader, CEO and founder of the Locked On Podcast Network, David Locke, said, you know what? We're going to let you guys go off on your own. We want to have the Peacock and Williamson NFL show daily. So that is coming, and we need your help, everybody, because it's a brand new feed. You've got to go subscribe. And as of now, there is a trailer live. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show should be on all of your favorite podcast apps. So wherever you listen to podcasts, go find that right now and subscribe and be ready for our kickoff date of September 7th. Exactly. And folks, I'll just pull back the curtain. I mean, what they're doing is they want, I don't know how many of you guys are NBA fans. I'm not. I mean, I have it on the background lately, but they want the Locked On NFL podcast to be much like the Locked On NBA podcast with several hosts doing that legwork throughout the week. So maybe, you know, uh, Brian and I might be a guest on it here and there. But basically what we're doing is we're starting our own, which is going to be exactly like the one you've been listening to. And I very much appreciate it all these years, um, even before Brian obviously was here. You guys have been loyal. You've been awesome. You, we we uh, go back and forth on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, my practice squad, my tackling dummies. I got to go. We got to get back to calling our listeners one of those two things or both. That, that goes back to my ESPN days. But there's a call to action. I haven't asked you people to my my loyal practice squad, tackling dummy folks to to do much lately. I don't ask much of you, but you need to go hit pause right now on this podcast and go search however you find your 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 podcasts and search for the Peacock and Williamson NFL show and just hit subscribe. And it'll be two weeks that you don't hear our lovely voices on that feed. It'll still be on this one, but do it now for me anyways. This is our livelihood. We make money based on those downloads. So our new feed right now doesn't have any subscribers. You know, you guys have to do that for me. That's all I ask. So we're going to be pumping at every show over the next couple of weeks. And stay subscribed to this one, too, because you're going to have a, a, new, a new podcast that you'll like that's just called what the old podcast is. Right. There will be some daily hosts here on the Locked On NFL show. It'll be different every single day. It'll be a lot of the familiar voices you've heard from the network that do other shows. 
and specific teams shows, and they're going to be able to stretch their legs and talk about the entire NFL. So stay subscribed to Locked On NFL. It's going to be a little bit different. And if you want to hear Matt and I daily, it's still going to be a daily podcast. We're still going to cover everything. Uh, It's going to be just as good, even better, at the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Go find it right now. Subscribe. And in two weeks, September 7th, we will be kicking off that feed with this show moving over to there. So Peacock and Williamson NFL show. It is coming. You'll hear it from us again. Subscribe. Yeah, there's nothing you have to do except for that. I mean, you'll get yeah. the exact same show that you've listened to for years. It's just going to be called something different, but I do need you to go do that. Just go hit subscribe. I mean, it's not much to ask. I tell some friends, like people are getting really excited. This is the part of the season. We see numbers grow and grow and grow. It's happening right now. More and more listeners getting excited for the NFL season. Let them know that the Peacock and Williamson show is the one you're going to want to subscribe to to get your daily NFL fix. Okay, Matt, have you seen that the Kansas City Chiefs are planning to have fans in the seats when the season kicks off Thursday, September 10th, 22% capacity, about 16,000 fans are planned to be in Arrowhead Thursday, September 10th, when the 2020 season kicks off. Yeah, I saw that. I kind of brushed it off. Didn't want to get too excited. Didn't want it to begin to, to, to get, when I say excited, like that'd be, that's going to be awesome to watch. You know, it's fans actually in the stands. We've seen baseball, hockey, NBA without any, um, opening night, and I didn't want to get too excited thinking maybe all the stadiums will have some or a high percentage or they won't be the only ones. Cautious, I almost say it's just cautiously, incredibly optimistic yeah. and excited, you know, <laughs> just but cautious. Oh, cautious. that's it, sounds ambitious. Uh, that, that doesn't yeah. sound it. What, I think it's pretty telling there's only one of 32 teams that is trying to do that right now. And at 22%, right. it's a weird number. If you have to keep it that low, that would tell me that you probably shouldn't have anybody in the seats. Uh, I don't know if there's only going to be one fan per six seats or something like that to keep everybody spaced out. And that's how they chose 22%. There will be masks required at all times for those attending with the exception of when they're actively eating or drinking, which is like kind say, of the whole game. Pour that Miller Light through your. You're not going to pour it through your mask. Yeah. So, but like you're kind of, like I don't. When I'm at a game, I'm kind of actively eating and drinking. Or you just have to pull it off for every sip and then put your mask back on. And and who's going to be watching over that? It, it seems very difficult. So that'll be interesting. But at least one team right now. They're the only team in the NFL that has those plans in place from week one to have some fans in the seats. The defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm sure they have some pageantry planned and they want fans there for that right 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 i mean i I was also thinking about it from an nfl perspective from a football perspective how loud can 22 percent be you know i mean in seattle if there's 22 percent kansas city hard place to play that's always an awful i always think that's such an awful assignment to be the road team on opening night on thursday night against the super bowl champs in their building it's an awful, you know, getting that draw is the short, short stick. How loud will it be? I mean, those guys, I'm sure, will be very revved up, very ambitious, tailgating, all kinds of uh, antifreeze in the system. But I, I'm curious. I, I, it's better than nobody in there. I, I think it's awesome, though. I hope it happens. I almost wonder if it'll be the opposite because you can tell when there's an, a half-filled house. And it sounds yeah. bad usually. So I well, wonder if I it'll sound about, right? worse than if there was no 
no fans at all because then you would know why it's quiet. You'd hear the sounds of the game. To hear like some scattered, you know, you can always tell that. It almost would would take cavernous. the air out of it. Right. It would feel more cavernous to have only 22% of the fans. So it, it might actually not help them from a football perspective. It might actually hurt the home team because it won't feel, you know, it'll feel like, oh, these guys don't have anybody here. That's, it's like going to a Chargers game. <laughs> you had to throw the Chargers under the bus, didn't you, Matt? Oh, man. That's what I meant before. It didn't, I didn't say it properly. Like, I don't think it's going to be a great advantage. Right. I'm just curious what it'll sound like, but I bet it doesn't sound, you know, roaring. It's not going to sound like a Metallica concert. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, definitely won't sound like a Metallica concert. Okay. Let's get to some of the injuries around training camps. A couple of people already out for the 2020 seasons, and then talk a little bit of fantasy football, some running backs coming up. Locked on NFL. Here's one for you. It's not a sleeper. RockAuto.com ranks number one. Family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Super easy website to find anything you need, any brand, any model, any year. Fuel pump assemblies? RockAuto.com has it. Tail lamps? You bet. Engine control modules? Do you even know what that is? Well then, RockAuto.com is the place for you. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the exact specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com. Always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. rockauto.com We have at least two ACLs and practices are happening in some places right now around the league. So uh, there might be some late breaking Tuesday news. But so far, Gerald McCoy and confirmed. Well, actually, it's a ruptured quad, not an ACL for Gerald McCoy. Ruptured quad. He'll undergo season ending surgery. The defensive tackle that just recently signed with the Dallas Cowboys and 49ers second year wide receiver Jalen Hurd torn ACL. MRIs confirmed that one as they feared. Now Jalen Hurd missing his second season after missing his rookie season with a hairline fracture in his back. So that's a rough one for Jalen Hurd. His career can't get off the ground. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of tweets in the last 24, 48 hours. At Williamson NFL always likes to say the only news between the draft and the season is bad news. And unfortunately, (laughs) that's true. But a part of me likes it not that these people are getting hurt of course but i like the fact that the news we're getting is the news we usually get this time of year like it makes me feel like the nfl is back up and running like because that's what happens people get hurt when they play this game it's unfortunate it's my least favorite part of the game but it is part of the game nonetheless um that being said is there more now than usual i don't know it's such a small sample size if there's a tweak, are people going to be more cautious than ever? You would think some players, you want them to, you need, they need the reps, you know? I mean, so are people in worse shape? Are there going to be more pulls? There's been a lot of that kind of stuff anyway this time of year or early in the season. So I don't know that this year's different or not from that perspective. People get hurt in camp all the time. 
So let's just kind of react to these two. I mean, Gerald McCoy is a brand name guy, but he ain't what he used to be. And I think he's being looked at as a mostly situational interior pass rusher for the Cowboys. And we've talked about their D line a lot lately after they signed Everson Griffin, a lot of brand name dudes on that defensive line, including even like Alden Smith, um, Don Terry Poe. But for the most part, that group ain't what they used to be in terms of their brand name value. And that was true for McCoy as well. Um, But it hurts. You know, I mean, it's somebody that I think they were kind of counting on to at least be situationally impactful. Gerald McCoy was going to be pretty important, I think. Just, you know, a veteran guy that can come in and and really solidifies what's happening up front for the Dallas Cowboys. They added Griffin, so that helps them with yeah. when it comes to the 49ers and Jalen Hurd. I they had made so many contention plans, contingency plans this offseason, signing wide receivers, different players, a few veterans here or there, some other big slot types. Like is what Jalen Hurd was supposed to be in this 49ers offense, sort of a movable chess piece. Really similar, actually, to what Jordan Reed is, who they just recently signed. They drafted seventh-round mm-hmm. wide receiver out of Tennessee, Juwan Jennings. So they have two other players that fit that similar profile where they're not the most athletic wide receivers but can work in a slot role, split out from the line, tight end, wide receiver, hybrid that will be physical enough to hit defensive backs and, and give you an advantage in the run game if you treat them like a wide receiver or treat them like a yeah like a wide receiver if you treat them like a tight end they're going to beat you in the passing game so they still have some options there so I think the 49ers saw look we can't count on this player we can't count on a lot of guys on our team they had hoped they could count on Debo Samuel which it turns out now he's got a broken foot and might miss some time early in the season so a lot of question marks here um, but the Jalen Hurd position was one that they weren't counting on, so I don't think it really changes that much this year for the 49ers. But obviously, it's rough for Jalen Hurd. How many players miss the first two years of their NFL career and have a career? Right, and I really liked them. Like, when they took them, I thought, boy, that's pretty early in a wide receiver-rich draft a year ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought he may have some Cordero Patterson carries in him. I mean, he was a former running back. He kept Kamara on the bench at at Tennessee to some degree, highly, highly talented. All the reports one year ago in Hurd's rookie year were, wow. And and I knew some people that were at camp that said, wow, this guy's going to be a star. So it's unfortunate because I think there's a ton of talent there. But to your point, it's not like they're going to sign anyone they can get their hands on. They're desperate. Um, You know, the IUC conversations have been highly positive too. I think they're going to count on him right away. Um, but I, I just feel bad for her because I really wanted to see him. And I think he's got a, and maybe still does, had a really bright future with Ayuk, Sanders, and her being the top three receivers for them, hopefully for the next five years or so. And, and here's a number that really blows my mind when it comes to Hurd. And I was with you. Uh, once you saw him in a uniform, you thought, oh, man, this guy is going to be something good and, and something that Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan, who wants to run a positionless passing game on offense to a degree, Jalen Hurd was the perfect fit for that. And he is built like a beast, 6'4", 230. But it's amazing because if you go all the way back to his, this is two teams ago, to his running back days at the University of Tennessee, 2016, he missed some games due to injury there. Then he transferred in 2017. He played one year at Baylor in 2018 as a wide receiver. So he's only played one full season as a wide receiver. Counting 2020 now that he's out, he'll have only played 19 games dating back to his days at Tennessee as a running back 
19 games in five years. And so that's one of the red flags when you say, okay, a little bit early, a guy who is a converted running back to a wide receiver has only played the position for one year at the college level. As much of a monster as he looks physically, has a lot of injury problems. He was banged up leading up to the NFL draft, couldn't play in the senior bowl. So there were some red flags out there and maybe a little bit early for the 49ers to to draft him. But man, you saw him in just a very brief preseason game last year and he he looked the part, absolutely. And it's it's rare to say that someone that's built like him can't handle playing football, but it just seems like his body's not going to be one that can hang. It's been a really uphill climb for a very talented player. Position changes, school changes, injury, injuries. Um, it makes you wonder. I mean, not many get over that many humps. Do you want to talk a little fantasy football here, Matt? Yes, okay. I would. Let's I have it. a question for you, and maybe our listeners can help me too. Okay. Um, I was invited to this expert draft that just got started um, Mike Clay's in it, Ryan McDowell, my, my uh, Dynasty Blueprint co-host. There's a lot of names people would recognize in this draft. And it's being run by Fanium.com. And I've done some work with them in the past. They're good people over there. And they ran, it's a 12-team league, PPR, of course, and you randomly got your slot. And I, got, I pulled slot, slot number seven, which... I thought going into this was my least favorite slot of the 12 and being a part of it, it's definitely my least favorite spot. And that's my question to you and our listeners. I I just made my second pick actually like half an hour ago, but I'm really concerned with what would people do with the seven slot? And you can think this over and in every draft McCaffrey's gone. Barkley's gone. Elliott's gone. Those are the top three picks. Then it went Kamara, Henry, Cook, and left me kind of holding the bag. So I would have taken any of those guys. I Henry, to me, is now clearly my sixth player in fantasy. Kamara was four. Cook's five. Henry, six. So there you sit at seven without, in my opinion, a clear path to go. You know, you could take Michael Thomas or whoever your number one receiver is. I refuse to do that. My first two picks are going to be running back, running back, no matter what, even if I'm stretching it. So I went with Joe Mixon, and some people that went right after my pick were Michael Thomas, Nick Chubb, Edwards Hilaire, who some people are really excited about. Surprisingly, Tyreek Hill then went, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Um, Aaron Jones was another back off the board. And so those are the names I went with Mixon, but I, I pretty strongly believe that the seven slot in the first round is the worst spot in the whole draft. It's a bad slot because all the names I was thinking, okay, Mixon in the first, I'm hoping you can get blank in the second. And then you named every one of those names. I was thinking you would hope to get there in the second round for you. So that is a bad spot. I agree with you. Is this a PPR league? It is. It okay. is. And well, that makes it feel a little bit better for the wide receivers. Way, what's that? I know. I just, I, I refuse to do it because I don't want to be begging for running backs and end up with David Montgomery as a starter. Everyone's yeah, going yeah. down that road is not for me. I kind of like to play the sleeper game, and we'll hear some of those names later. I, I, I don't think I would go running back there and I would go wide receiver. Maybe that would push a better running back to my second pick. 
because one more wide receiver is gone instead of one running back there, um, that's tough. I just I can't go with a running back with the attrition level at that position that I don't feel super strong about. And I know you want to go running back, running back. I'm not as locked into that idea early in drafts. So I, I would take wide receiver there. And if there is a draft spot where you want to try to do the zero running back technique, that would probably be it if you're drafting around number seven. Are you on the clock yet in round two? Yes, and I just made that pick. And it was Kenyon Drake, and I was pretty happy with that. I mean, I can tell you how the, the things went at that point. I mentioned Miles Sanders went 13 to start the second round. Yeah. Kenny Galladay went 14, which was kind of a gift for me. I, I wouldn't have taken him that high at 14. Um, Aaron Jones went at the 2-3. Mahomes went at 2-4. Kittle went at 2-5 right before me. So I took Drake, and I thought I'll probably end up with Drake or Ekelar, both of whom I had to choose from. So I'm okay with my second pick, but if Mahomes or Kittle or Galladay or Tyreek, if two of those don't go, I don't get either one. So I, I think there was a, a legit chance that I would have had to kind of reach at seven for whoever your running back is that you love. And I picked Mixon, but wasn't doing cartwheels over it. And then at 18, not had Drake or Eckler to pick from. And then you're looking at James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Fournette, Lev Bell types. And I don't like that neighborhood for my RB2. Yeah, that's rough because even at least if you were picking at the end of round one, you could still get a Mixon caliber player, then potentially still get Miles Sanders. Maybe two of them. Right. Yeah, exactly. right, right. So, that's that's where I like to pick. That's I mean, the rough I, part about Josh that. Jacobs and Miles Sanders. Yeah, that middle portion of round one, you don't get the elite guys at the top. And then when you double back, the, the ones you want to double up with are also gone. So that that is definitely the mm-hmm. worst spot to be drafting in this year. By the way, Eagles head coach Doug Peterson did go on record saying that Miles Sanders would be, quote, the guy in the Philadelphia backfield this season. I was hoping the Eagles were going to draft some veteran running back just to put some some fear into fantasy drafters' minds so you could get Miles Sanders in round two. But that doesn't look like it's going to be the case, at least very deep into round two. No, I considered him with the seventh pick. I mean, I think it pretty much came down to Sanders or Mixon for me. And it feels like Sanders' stock is skyrocketing. And when most of you are drafting, don't think you're going to guaranteed to get Sanders even at the one-two turn. I think he's going to be in the conversation at that seventh, eighth pick type of guy. I understand it. Okay, sleeper running backs. You don't get the running backs you want early in drafts. Who are some names late that could help you out in the 2020 season? Coming up next. Kareem Hunt forced missed tackles at an absurd rate last year. Kareem Hunt is such a good running back. Nick Chubb already being evaluated for a possible concussion at Brown's camp. Kareem Hunt's my guy. So I'm just going to say it really? right now. Yeah, he's my guy that could be a potential league winner if Chubb goes down and he's going to be involved in the passing game. I think will give you some value now. So Chubb super early. I'm not into Kareem Hunt could be that league winner if things go a certain way. Um, if you're looking for a value running back and you missed out on some top guys, let's see if the way you drafted here, if you would have gone wide receiver or tight end or even quarterback in one of those spots in the first two picks, target Kareem Hunt. And look, I'm not trying to finish in fourth place in a fantasy league. I'm trying to win it. So you got to take some chances. If you're not winning it, what's the matter in finishing fourth or finishing ninth if your draft day strategy doesn't work out? I hear what you're saying. And I don't disagree with you at Hunt with Hunt, but you're gonna probably have to use a fourth round pick to get him. And 
He obviously has some beauty in that he's an every week starter as a flex right to second. He's a league winner if Chubb misses time. I definitely believe that. And there's, you know, that combination is rare, but I'm not shying away from from Chubb. I mean, if it's, 111, 112, 2 1. Yeah, uh, it depends where I, he is, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be around that turn. I'd probably rather have Josh Jacobs. I know I'd rather have Miles Sanders. Clearly, I'd rather have Mixon. But I'm not so sure that Chubb doesn't run for 1,400 yards this year. I think this actually ties in well with your sleeper running backs. We should we should talk about some of these right now because okay, if do you it. do, let's say the running you're in a bad spot and you just can't do it, you hate the value at running backs early and you need some running backs later. Most of these guys are pretty late. Yeah, so uh, these are let's get into this. Uh number 1 is Jordan Howard for you, Miami Dolphins currently going as the 32nd drafted running back. And when you put the sticker on the board, you're not going to break anyone's heart. No one's going to be like, oh, I was just about to take Jordan Howard. It's like the least sexy pick in the world. But they gave him nearly $5 million guaranteed, signed him like the second free agency opened. There's no, uh, there's not, there's very little early down competition for him. Ryan Fitzpatrick led this team in rushing last year with 243 yards. He fits their zone scheme really well. Running backs or coaches love this guy. I know he's not going to catch many passes, but you can get him after 31 running backs are off the board in fantasy. I can live with that if I'm loaded everywhere else. Right. You just need some depth at That's the position. Right. Maybe get a, you know, a, a true starting running back there as the 32nd running back selected. Matt Breida. Right it's a really sort of thunder and lightning looking backfield right now after they traded for Matt Breida. And I don't see either player taking the bulk of of really anything and and neither one is an amazing receiver. No, so no. that's and uh, Howard's a bad receiver, but mm-hmm. neither one's an amazing receiver. You're right. A guy who is a good receiver. Duke Johnson's another name on your list, running back forty five right now currently in uh in fantasy football drafts. And he's always in this neighborhood and I often target him in this neighborhood. He's the forty fifth running back off the board. Um but no one that's that coaches him Gives him the you know the the major workload, even though he's the leading rusher and at the U in history. But he, I think he has some of that Kareem Hunt at a discount feel to him, where I can start him, get him through bye weeks, injuries. He can get me out of a bind. I can live with him as my flex. But if David Johnson, who I'm far from sold on, isn't the guy, I think Duke's going to get be a very valuable player for you. And I think this team's going to throw a ton. I mean, Johnson and Johnson are both better receivers than runners. I just envisioned Deshaun Watson in the shotgun, three, four wide, targeting whomever, not force-feeding Hopkins, and them throwing a lot. So Duke could catch a lot of passes. Darrington Evans, he was drafted high a lot of – I think Dynasty folks were like, ooh, maybe if Henry moves on and doesn't sign a new deal, Darrington Evans could be the guy in Tennessee. That's not going to be the case, but he's going very late in fantasy drafts. He is a dynamic runner. He's got speed. He's not going to take any carries away from Derrick Henry, I don't think. But again, draft him late, running back 58 right now. That's the thing. He's running back 58. And I'm shying away from rookies, but... He also fits the Titans outside zone scheme really well, even though he doesn't look like Henry. 
He's very straight line-ish, put your foot in the ground and go, even though he's smaller, but he's obviously very fast. Work in progress as a receiver. And I think Henry's going to catch a lot more screens this year, but he's never going to be a high-volume receiver. And it's pretty clear if Henry, who's had a ridiculous workload, if he misses any time, you're starting Evans every week. I mean, again, it has some of that Kareem Hunt feel to it where maybe he'd have some flex value if he establishes himself as partially the Deion Lewis. But I think he's a, a premier handcuff in a team that wants to run the ball a lot. Tell me about Raquel Armstrong, Jacksonville Jaguars running back, who's going number 224 overall, running back 63 right now. And we don't know a ton about him, but he's big. He's fast. I think he runs harder than Fournette does nowadays. But the beauty of him is the only guy really ahead of Armstead on the on the death chart is Fournette. And this is what we know. I mean, we know Jacksonville didn't pick up Fournette's fifth-year option. We know that they – I know they've, they've been trying to trade him. That's not just rumor. That was a fact that nobody would take him off their hands. We know Fournette's missed a lot of time over the years, has some chronic ankle situations. So being the lead back in Jacksonville's offense isn't the most appealing of the 32, but being the lead back in any offense is appealing. And there's many scenarios where Fournette could get out of the way, including being a, you know, a trade to a contender at the trade deadline. And then Armstead's the man. And I don't think that offense is horrible. The last line of your article about Raquel Armstead in your sleeper running backs art- articles at uh, the Pro Football Network Armstead was targeted nine times in week 17 last year. So if you're going to get some receiving ability that could potentially be flex worthy, if you're really scraping by, even when Fournette is healthy, I'm into that. I like this sleeper here. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Fournette was inactive week 17. And I'm not positive why, if it was just, it didn't mean anything or whatever, but Armstead, they threw the ball his way. So it's not like he's just a Jordan Howard like plotter. The last one on your list, currently not even signed, but once he does sign, I would imagine would jump up this list depending on what situation he lands in. That's former Falcons running back, Devontae Freeman. He's going 234 overall, running back 76 currently. I mean, that's just a freebie to take a flyer on a guy who there's going to be injuries in camp. Someone's going to sign this guy. Yeah, I mean, this was pretty easy. I mean, he's the 76th running back off the board, which means he's not being drafted. And most leagues, 75 backs are not being picked. I know he's not with the team. But we've already seen injuries. That's how we opened the show. We know COVID's going to you know, sneak in. Well, hopefully it does, doesn't. But it basically just comes down to this. I mean, any, all you listeners out there, do you think Devontae Freeman's going to be an NFL player this year? If the answer is yes, take him in the last round of your draft. I think he's going to be an NFL player this year. What else is he going to do? Somewhere he's going to sign. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's yeah. too easy. So, yeah. This is free money. There you go. Last pick, draft Devontae Freeman. Yep. Still there. And download the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Yes, go subscribe. Peacock and Williamson. It is now currently on Apple Podcasts, all of your favorite podcast apps. Go there, subscribe now so you don't forget when this thing goes live. There's already a little trailer up there for you, though. So there is one episode, but we'll go live on that feed September 7th, just in time for the 2020 NFL season. For now, you can still hear us here at Locked On NFL. But go subscribe, Peacock and Williamson. Tell a friend excited about this new podcast feed. Absolutely. And we'll talk to you tomorrow right here, Locked on NFL.